Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ella Smith, and today we'll be speaking with the co-founder of Dewey Scientific, Dr. Jordan Zager. Uh, which is based out of Pullman, Washington. And so doing scientific was uh, created by three PhD molecular plant scientists to support agricultural research for cannabis. Welcome, Dr. Zager. How are you today? I'm doing quite good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So I'm super excited to have you on today, and I'm sure our viewers are as well. Uh, What you guys are doing is pretty unique. But I'd, I'd really like to know, and you guys have an extensive background, uh, obviously uh, having PhDs. What drew you to cannabis? This is just such a new industry. Yeah. You know, um, when I set off to get my PhD, I joined the lab of uh, Dr. Mark Lang at Washington State, and uh, he's primarily interested in medicinal plants. Um, so during my time as a, a student with him, uh, the legal landscape of, of cannabis, um, recreational and hemp, changed quite a bit. Um, so, you know, it being a medicinal plant, it was sort of the natural progression for um, us in the lay lab to start to investigate cannabis. Okay. Okay. So I want to jump in here then. So Dewey Scientific, you guys started this company. What are your service offerings when you guys, you know, support agricultural research for cannabis? What does that really mean? What do you guys really? Yeah. So we, we work directly with uh, producers to sort of act as their scientific team. Um, If you look at some of the larger companies um, in both Canada and in the United States, they have started to put together some pretty impressive scientific teams. Now, we understand that not every cannabis producer can uh, afford its own research division. So we we just offer uh, what we think is going on in those larger companies uh, to smaller companies. Um, And some of that is, is sequencing based, you know, we work with both genomic and transcriptomic data sets um, and then we, we really like to focus on optimizing varieties for uh, the environment of the producer. Okay, so then how does your, how does your lab function? Say I'm a customer, I come to you, I've got a 20,000 square foot growth facility, I've got 25 genetics. Um, how can you help me? What, what, what can you do for me to, to benefit my business? Yeah, so first we would, um, we would want to look at your 25 varieties and see how they are performing just as it relates to resin production, uh, whether that be THC or CBD or even terpene production. Um, we'll just take a, a survey of what you're growing and how they're performing. Um, and then from there, you know, we like to, um, we prefer an RNA-based approach rather than uh, a strict DNA-based uh, approach. So for that, we come in and we cryogenically freeze your samples um, that, that preserves gene expression in place, um, and then we send that out for sequencing, and we do all the data analysis back at our facility. Okay. And then, so how does that translate to what I can do next with it to help me understand these genetics are performing at X, Y, and Z, they're susceptible to mold and mildew. What are the things that you can find as you start to break this stuff down? Yeah, so our our platform, um, it really looks, we we put a focus on our platform to look at um, metabolic genes, so genes responsible for making the resins, um, as well as uh, disease resistance genes. 
So what we'll do is, you know, say we have a data set from 25 different varieties. Um, we can look at the RNA expression levels and sort of help you, well, first off, interpret the data um, and then use that data to make informed breeding decisions down the road. And then how long have you guys been doing this for? Um, so we officially incorporated in May of 2018 um, and we moved into our current facility in November of 2018. And so I'm assuming you guys have collected quite a bit of data to date and probably have a great map that you've created from what you've done so far. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the building blocks, the platform for what you guys are really bringing to the table is just being able to continually to add to this kind of building block, this, this map uh, to really just strengthen the information that you're learning. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and I, I do got to say, you know, a lot of our work is built on the shoulders of uh, those who came before us. Um, you know, our initial platform is all based on publicly available data. And uh, we, we also release our data uh, as it comes along. Now, that's with the caveat of if it's a client's data, we don't release it without their permission. So you do some open sourcing. We do. Yeah, we, we like to uh, deposit anything we can onto NCBI. I think that's tremendous and just great to see you guys are doing that. Um, it's just going to help this this industry grow so much quicker and faster, having that available information to to folks that know what to do with it. So I appreciate you doing that. We, we need that. <laughs> I wish everybody else uh, was that giving and open. You know, that's a, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, for, for this industry that from on the scientific side is, you know, a couple decades behind uh, more traditional crops. Um, open source data is, is key to uh, accelerating uh, the gap, closing the gap. So are, in order for you guys to handle this material, are you guys licensed in any capacity to hold that material? Do you have to have a specific, um, you know, uh, marijuana license for cultivation or lab? What is it that you have to do in order to handle the material and do your research? Um, so since we extract all of the genetic data on site at the location of uh, licensed producers, um, we don't need anything special from there. Um, there's nothing wrong with, um, with transporting nucleic acids in the form of DNA or RNA. Um, that being said, we do have a very close relationship with two producers on both the hemp and the marijuana side of things in Washington State. So you're, you're playing in both aspects of it now because you're able to do that with your open door policy in a sense because you're not held to a specific license category. Is that right? That's correct. How fun is that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. We get a, we've seen a lot of awesome operations um, and we, you know, we get to do what we do best and that's, that's uh, sound science. I'm curious to see those maps that you guys are creating as well on the hemp side as there's uh, such a huge uh, gene pool disruption happening right now from what we saw five years ago. And it's exciting to see the evolution of that side of the space as well. So uh, that's got to be neat to see what's happening there. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. You know, I think right now we're, we're still very much in the very early days of, of hemp, um, especially as it relates to, uh, genetic diversity right now the diversity that's out there is incredible um, even you know uh, within the same crossing block we're seeing a lot of phenotypic variation um, from from seeds of the same parents um, you know as as we move down the line um, I think a big industry goal not for just us but industry-wide is to um, sort of stabilize the genetics and lock in a lot of the phenotypic traits that uh, producers are after 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, we still like I, I just read an article earlier today about I think 40 percent of the hemp in Arizona was lost and wasn't able to come to market. I think 50 percent was lost in another market. And so we're still learning quite a bit here in this hemp game. And we don't know what cultivars are, are thriving in all the different environments yet. And what are the stabilized varieties that we can kind of bring in year after year to be sustainable? And so. I think there's still so much work to be done on that side of the game for sure. And what you guys are offering is really helping us achieve that quicker and faster. Yeah, I agree. You know, one, one thing on the side, uh, hemp side of things, you know, when you're talking about 50% loss in um, Arizona, you know, most of it is from hot, hot hemp tests. Um, and so uh, a way around that, you know, with our, our one of our options um, our, on our functional genomics platform is to uh, take a look at gene expression as the flowers mature. Um, and so we can sort of get a leg up on the resin production. So, you know, if you're working with a, a hemp variety that um, is supposed to produce 15% CBD while still underneath that 0.3% threshold, um, we can come and look at gene expression of CBD synthase, of THC synthase, and we can really narrow that window on when you should be harvesting so your your plants don't test hot. Which is super important because in a lot of these states that have come online now, like I know I did a, a lot of work in Alabama this year and even Arkansas, we saw the heat and the humidity play an effect and stress the plants and cause these things to go hot pretty quick. And so uh, it's invaluable the work you guys are doing to help with this. That being said, so you guys, because of the ability to just go in, in into any state, really, you can take samples and bring it back across state lines. Is that correct? So we can take samples of DNA or RNA. We can't okay. take uh, samples of the actual product uh, or a leaf actual product. Like that. That's correct. You know, I think uh, on, the, on the hemp side of things, we can. It depends on the state. I know some states have uh, are re trying really hard to prohibit um, hemp transportation through the state. But if, if we're working with a hemp sample, um, we, we're, it's a lot more flexible. Okay. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resents, only on Cannabis Radio. Sweet Sativa! The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm here with Dr. Jordan Zager of Dewey Scientific. Welcome back, um, Dr. Zager. Um, so uh, my last question was, you know, you guys are able to bring DNA, RNA across state lines, but you said with the hemp side, you guys are really hopefully being able to bring back full plant material or uh, something a little more than just that particular uh, DNA and RNA material. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, a lot of this is going to um, be influenced by the, the final rulings from the, the USDA and then how each individual state um creates their own programs from there. Um, but that, that's the hope is that uh, transporting Kent across straight lines for research will be no problem at all. Well, we've seen a lot of obstacles with that. We're overcoming that year after year, it seems like. So <laughs> in due time, hopefully we'll get it all, all together. That makes sense for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with, with such a young industry, it will take a few years to do these legal kinks, but I'm, I'm confident that we'll have a, a good set of rules out there in the future. For sure. Right, I want to switch gears a little bit and I want you to explain to me a little more about the research paper you did on the gene networks underlying cannabinoid and terpenoid accumulation in cannabis. What does this mean in layman's terms and how does this affect you know, the cannabis user as well as the cannabis operator distributors? What does this mean? Yeah, so what, what this paper really does is it looks at um, commercial varieties of recreational cannabis uh, that, that are available in the organ market. Um, and so the underlying theme of the paper is that we're looking at the genetics of the trichomes. So trichomes are specialized um, plant cells. They're on the, the, the surface of about 30% of all flowering plants. They're not unique to cannabis. Um, but within this paper, we, we specifically looked at these trichome cells. Um, and we did that because that is the home of cannabinoid and ter- synthesis. Um, so we're, we're able to look directly at the part of the plant that is responsible for this resin production. Um, and then so from that, we, we can infer what genes are associated with certain traits. Um, and then not only that, which genes are associated with the most important genes. And that's really what these gene networks are. So, um, you know, say you want to know every gene that is tightly associated with CBDA synthase. Um, that, that's exactly what this platform does. And that's exactly uh, what we started to identify in that paper. Um, and then so, so to sort of take a, you know, a 30,000 foot view from this, um, it helps when it comes to making markers uh, for breeding, genetic markers. So if you know a subset of genes are always highly expressed when CBD synthase is highly expressed, you now have a lot more options um, to diversify what you're looking for uh, to, to, to get a trait that you're after. Wow. Sounds pretty intense. <laughs> and how long have you been working on this? Um, so that project, we initiated it in early 2017. Um, and we, we worked through the summer with, um, with EVO Labs in Oregon, as well as Shadowback, Shadowbox Farms located in um, 
Williams, Oregon, down in the Siskiyous. Um, so that summer we, we were working with, with the farmers and with, with the analytical lab. And I think we got our, our final data set back uh, about September of 2017. And then from there, it was data analysis in the lab. Um, while we discovered novel genes, um, discovered some of the, the genes responsible for, for terpene production, um, and then ultimately the, the underlying genetic networks responsible for the resin production. I read that uh, there's a comment I saw that this research helps enhance the credibility in the industry. Help me understand what that means. Yeah, so um, we, 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 we strongly believe that this, this was a, a, a breakthrough paper for cannabis. Um, this is really the first in-depth dive into commercial varieties that are on the open market. Um, you know, a lot of the, the previous work um, coming out of um, the El Suli lab at Ole Miss, um, they were working with what's probably a dated germplasm collection. Um, so, you know, we were just fortunate enough to be able to work with what farmers are actually working with today, not what they were working with 15, 20 years ago. Which is uh, exciting to get away from what Mississippi, University of Mississippi has because they're, they have some genetics that uh, don't make any sense for what we're doing today that's for sure absolutely who's your competition who who, uh, who else is out there doing this i know this is um very common in traditional ag but you know is there a lot of competition to jump against in this sector yeah there's a handful of companies um that, that perform um genomic analysis you know the big guys being phylos and medicinal genomics um, there are some other similarly sized companies as us popping up in uh, the San Diego and Northern California areas. Um, but, you know, I, I feel that our, our functional genomic platform is unique. First off, um, compared to what was previously out there, our, our computational methods are about five times faster from uh, the things that we've benchmarked. Um, and then also, you know, our preference for RNA over DNA gives us a dynamic glimpse on gene expression during development of the plant. So if you're going in and just looking strictly at DNA, you're looking at um, sort of a static, you're looking at static information. You're not looking at how things change. But when you introduce RNA, you all of a sudden you're able to see, okay, this gene is present, but not only is it present, it's turned on to 10, whereas other genes could be turned on to two or something in that range. Okay. Where would you like to, or what would you want to see out of your work? You know, you started this business and you're providing a great service, but what is it that you want to get out of this work? What is it that you're really trying to provide for the long term to this industry? Yeah, yeah. Um, our, our long term goals are to improve the agronomic traits of cannabis. Um, I think the last four decades has seen incredible work in maximizing resin production. Um, you know, boosting THC or CBD levels to very high levels that we're seeing today. Um, but not a whole lot of work has been done um, to ensure that this is going to be a viable agricultural crop. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working on things like drought tolerance. We're working on things like uh, disease resistance and insect resistance. Um, so really trying to turn what was grown in, um, you know, very... Uh, mostly indoor settings um, into something that is grown on thousands of acres. So it's full on crop improvement. I mean, yeah. bottom line crop improvement. I love this. This is what we need. There's uh, 
just our industry has been built on the backbone of basements in America and in Europe. And so um, it, we need folks like yourselves to come in and take what uh, a lot of these pioneers have done and really bring some street cred to the, your scientific backgrounds and educations and improving this. And this is what's super exciting to me in the industry. You know, I don't think I could have said that better myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really what we're after here. This makes it a lot of fun. I think uh, you guys are on, on the right path and uh, just it's a huge need and want. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys are here, here helping. Um, are you working in all states? Where are you guys? Yeah, so uh, our facility is located in the southeast corner of Washington um, in Pullman. It's where Washington State University is located. Um, and yeah, so far we've been working with clients um, predominantly in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon and Washington. Um, we've done some consulting with some folks down in Colorado and California, um, but we are certainly open for business in uh, all states. Okay. What is the, uh, what is the bulk of your business? Well, what, what is the main driver for you guys financially? Is it the hemp side? Is it the, the THC side? What is, where's the most interest? For yeah. That, thus far it's been on the hemp side of things. Um, most of our clients are, hemp producers or um, ancillary service providers. Um, so that, that's right now that's our bread and butter. Okay. Well, um, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry plant profits only on cannabisradio.com hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants check this out this is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants they're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields plus smart pots are reusable and sustainable so you can use them over and over again no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor that's very smart but how good are they for the environment smart pots are bpa free and lead free so you'll always be able to ensure a pure clean grow and they're 100 made in the u.s over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
the cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I've got Dr. Jordan Zager from Dewey Scientific. We've been having a great conversation today about uh, learning what they do for the hemp and cannabis industry as a whole. Um, so, you know, we are, we're coming into 2020. It's a brand new year. What is your, what is your growth perspective for 2020? What does it look like for you guys uh, after what happened in 2019 and your success? Yeah, with, with sort of the explosion that happened last year, um, you know, we saw about a 500% increase in acreage used for hemp production. Um, and for 2020, um, we're just hoping to capture um, more clients that, that had their first go around of hemp last year. Um, and maybe they've realized um, that they need some help on the science side of things. You know, what we really are good at is data analysis. Um, and, and that data can be genetic data. It can be environment data. Um, it can be analytical chemistry data for us. It doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter is that we are helping people, um, improve upon what they did in 2019. Well, there's a, there's a big need as we've seen quite a bit of loss. And as you said, from heat and these things and causing these, these high numbers in the, in the THC. So, um, good luck with that. So what does uh, Dewey scientific look like in five years? What are you, what, what is, if you can look that far down the road, how do you see yourself? What, 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 what kind of expansion do you see? Yeah. You know, I think, um, a big expansion that we're eyeing for 2020 is, is boosting our, our scientific staff. Uh, currently we have about six scientists on staff, I'd like to get that number closer to 20. Um, and, you know, five years from now, hopefully we are, uh, we're working with, with the biggest and brightest cannabis companies in the country in trying to help them achieve peak efficiency and drive the cost of resin production down. I like the way you say that. <laughs> um, are you guys at trade shows? Do you guys set up booths? Where can our listeners find you guys if uh, you guys are going to be out and about speaking? Uh, I would love to come hear you guys speak if you guys are out and about, or do you have any uh, anything like that you guys are going to be attending? Yeah, so um, coming up on the calendar, we will be presenting at the Emerald Conference in San Diego. That's from February 26th to the 29th. Um, beyond that, uh, nothing is solidified on our calendar, although we're looking at a couple of conferences um, in March and April. Um, one being the, uh, the next conference in New Orleans, um, as long as, uh, as well as the cannabis conference, I believe that's what it's called in Las Vegas. Yep. Okay. So kind of the, the, the major big ones that are out there and do you guys have booths actually that you will set up or you just guys come and speak? Yeah, we, we, uh, typically just come and speak. We haven't really engaged too much in any booths yet. Um, and you know, we've just found that. Um, the biggest impact we can make right now is, is just educating, uh, um, the decision makers, uh, about what we do. Any new research you guys have up your sleeve, any stuff that we didn't talk about today that, uh, you may can touch on a little bit, but you can't disclose too much. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing quite a bit of work on, um, on, on disease resistance right now. Um, and we're also looking into, some uh, some of these unique cannabinoids and um, the enzymes responsible for producing them. Get rid of this powdery mildew and botrytis issue that we see. <laughs> yeah, help us, help me, please. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think um, it, there's not going to be a single product to really help with that. What's really going to help is is improve germplasm lines and, and start breeding for for direct resistance rather than some, you know, cure all product that you spray on your crop or 
something like that. Well, good luck on that as we are all rooting for you on that one. As we know, this is what is just causing a lot of failure in our industry and uh, just a lot of headaches for most people from the home gardener to the large scale producers, you name it. (laughs) Absolutely. Those are uh, two big problems that everybody has to deal with right now. It's an animal. Okay. Um, well, any kind of last comments here as we are kind of running here to the end, I'd love for you to just make some comments for our audience to kind of send them off in the 2020. Um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you're a consumer of, of cannabis or, or CBD products, I think um, knowing your source is, is absolutely key. I think a lot of the ugly headlines we saw in 2019 as it relates to vaping um, were from bad sources of, of uh, cannabis products. Um, so consumers beware. And for any producers out there uh, listening in, um, contact Dewey Scientific. We'd be happy to work with you to improve uh, your 2019 season. Well, thank you again for getting on today, Dr. Jordan Zager from Dewey Scientific. Um, I'm Ella Smith. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks so much, Dr. Zager. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alice. Have a good one. Take care. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.